0: Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung here. Hey, thanks a lot for taking a moment to study the Word of God with us as we take a look at the book. We're going to be looking at the book of beginnings. That, of course, is the book of Genesis. You know, the truth is, Genesis is the foundation of all of our faith, but in particular, Bible prophecy. I have a five-hour audio series on CD that will help explain exactly what I just said. And we're going to study about personalities in Bible prophecy. But as you get this series, you'll be able to understand better about the personalities, the principalities, the properties, and the promises of Bible prophecy. This is a study on Genesis, the foundation of biblical prophecy. And right now, if you'll take a moment, we're going to study personalities in Bible prophecy. Let's go now to Genesis, and we're going to look this time at The uh, second aspect of Genesis, which is the foundation for Bible prophecy, we're going to be looking at the personalities of Bible prophecy. Major players in end-time events basically came on the scene. They either will have been a prototype of that which is to come or they will have descendants who will be involved in end-time activities. But it all starts in the book of Beginnings in the book of Genesis, the personalities of Bible prophecy. Isn't it interesting? When God created, in chapter 1, verse 1 of Genesis, he created the heavens and the earth. And immediately we see the sovereign selection of Almighty God. His sovereign selection. He created the heavens and the earth. Then he chose the earth. And then right at that same point in time, he created angels. And some five days later, he created Adam. But he chose Adam. Notice how his sovereign selection continues to take place and play out in history. Then he received worship from Cain and Abel, and he sovereignly selected Abel's offering unto him. He looked at the world, and he noticed Noah, and he chose sovereignly selected Noah as we continue the narrative through history. Much more could be talked about in human history, but what God wanted us to know was involved in this sovereign selection that continued to unfold after the flood. He saw the Gentile world. At that point in time, there were no Jews, there were no Christians, there were only Gentiles. Those are the three strands of the human family, Gentiles, Jews, and Christians. That first 2,000 year period of time only contained Gentile people. They may have well been believers. We'll see They, some of them were But at that point in time, as he looked out at the Gentile world, he selected one Gentile, a man living over in Ur of the Chaldees, modern-day Iraq, and he selected him to be that people that he would select to accomplish his ultimate goal here on this earth. He selected Abram, who became Abraham, who became known, chapter 14 of Genesis, as the first Hebrew. In fact, his grandson, Jacob, was known as the first Israelite. And his great-grandson, Judah, was known as the first Jew. That's where we get that terminology. Abraham, he had two boys, Ishmael and Isaac. Tradition stated that the firstborn was to receive the birthright and the blessing. But in God's sovereign selection, he chose the secondborn as the son of promise, Isaac. Isaac had two boys. Again, the firstborn Esau, the secondborn Jacob, howbeit only by less than a body link. But in his sovereign selection, God chose the secondborn Jacob to accomplish his ultimate will. You can study the Word of God. There's an interesting couple of verses in the book of Romans chapter 9. Romans 9, 10, and 11. Romans 9 is Israel past, Romans 10 Israel present, Romans 11 Israel future. Great study sometime if you have opportunity, but in Romans chapter 9, starting in verse 10, it talks about while in the womb of their mother, Rebecca, God selected, sovereignly selected the younger over the elder, and that the elder would serve the younger. In fact, we'll see in just a moment, that's what God told their mother early on, before either of them were born. God's sovereign selection we're going to see it play out here in Genesis as we look at the personalities of Bible prophecy the first one has to be Adam of course what I'm going to do as we approach the study this morning I'm going to go through certain chapters in Genesis we'll look at these personalities as they came into existence in history past and then we will look at them in prophetic themes of the future Let's look together and see what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and all that in them is, it says. We'll see what else happened during that first verse of Genesis when we study the principalities tomorrow. On the sixth day of creation, God, in verse 24 of chapter 1 said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures after his kind and creeping things and the beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. This is the time. In case you're wondering, I saw uh, Norma Whitcomb here. Uh, I, I don't know if she's here this morning or not. I just love that couple too. What a dear special people they are. But she has written this little book for children on dinosaurs. Listen to me, if you don't have it, You had better do it beg, borrow, or steal it. You've got to have it to give it to your grandkids. It's just an excellent book. But this is when dinosaurs come into existence. They're not prehistoric animals. They were created on the sixth day of creation. Early on in the day, because later that afternoon, God had another responsibility. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. I love that plurality in our image, talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. After our likeness, and let them have dominion. By the way, this is what really ticked off Lucifer. We're going to find out tomorrow about the principalities. Lucifer was here before this happened. He had been put in the position of prominence he was over all of creation but he saw God give to man Adam dominion over all the fowl of the air verse 26 and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth so God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him male and female created he them and God blessed them and said be Unto them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, you've got to understand when you look at this as the creative act of God taking place, bringing man into existence, it was man first. He didn't create Adam and Eve at the same time. Chapter 2 of the book of, of Genesis gives us and tells us more details, the special effects of creation which actually take place. Go to chapter 2 just a moment. Let me show you what God had Adam to do before he brought Eve into existence. Chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field. Now notice, before he's creating the woman, before he brings the woman into existence. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. Now notice, and they brought them unto Adam. Adam was in the garden of Eden. He's going to bring every animal that he has created. He brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called them, every living creature, that was the name thereof. (laughs) What a fun afternoon that must have been. Can you imagine the responsibility of naming every animal? Wow, that would have been so neat. I can just see Adam standing there in a garden. And down through the path in the garden comes this weird-looking, big, monstrous animal with great big old hips sticking out. And he looked up, he says, oh, that's a hippopotamus. <laughs> he just noticed the hips. They were protruding pretty well out, you know. Hippopotamus. And then he saw, he looked down on the ground and he saw this little thing, had tentacles on his head, had real little short legs, you know, and, his, and then there was a bunch of them, and then they were going. He said, oh, That's an ant. (laughs) I love, those are ants. Oh, man, that's great. And all of a sudden, while he's standing there, something with a big long snout comes and goes, and eats one of them. Yo, we said, that's an ant eater. (laughs) And he continued to name all of these animals. What a fun time that must have been. And whatever name we call them today, that's what Adam called them. Oh, you know why he was doing it? Two full reason. He was allowing Adam to look through all the created beings to that point in time to see if he could find a helpmeet. And he didn't find one. But you know the other thing he was doing? And that's when God's going to bring woman into existence. Do you know what else he was doing? He was allowing Adam to see his glory. You know what 19th chapter of Psalms says? The heavens declare the glory of God and His handiwork. He's talking again about that creative act. Bringing everything into existence. Oh man, I was out earlier today. Those birds beat me up again this morning. They were out there singing, having a great time. It was so neat. He brought them all to Adam so he could look and observe the glory of God's creative act God gave Adam some space and he observed his creation he saw his glory so good chapter 3 terrible time this woman that you've given me oh that's a cop out That turkey lips, ought to stand up and take responsibility. I've seen wheelie little deuces like that. I've seen some little men, my kids, they just won't do what I tell them to do. I just don't know what to do. I say, I'm going to punch you in the mouth, you little pansy. You see, I'm not afraid of anybody can't make his kids do what they're supposed to do. If he can't make his kids, how could he beat me up, man? God wants... Godly men, the leaders, a spirit-filled man, Ephesians chapter 5. A word-filled man, Colossians chapter 3, will do what? He will love his wife, cherish his wife, adore his wife, but he'll still be the godly leader that does all of that. And he will not make her a slave or a subordinate. He will lift her up, put her on a pedestal take responsibility oh Adam really didn't take the responsibility that's Adam Thank you so much for joining us. You know, Genesis is the basis for biblical prophecy, and we must study this first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, and its timeless truths that set the stage for the end times. Why don't you get your own copy of this? You can go to our website or call our toll-free number. The toll-free number is 877-674-3298. Now, that's a toll-free number from all across America. So call and make your order of Genesis, the foundation of biblical prophecy. Again, that number, 877 Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall, and you can make your order that way. However you make your order doesn't matter to me. I just want you to have a copy of this, Genesis, the Foundation of Biblical Prophecy. It's available now, so make your order real soon and start to study. By the way, speaking of study, thank you for joining us for this particular study as we've taken a look at the book. You know, the truth is, the more I study, and I'm sure it's the same case with you, I understand how close we really are to the return of Jesus Christ. And having said that, reality says that the rapture could happen at any moment, so there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...